A very good morning, everyone. It's Tuesday. It's January 30. The Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab. A very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening. And uh, it must be the new year because I uh, saw Easter eggs entrenched in the supermarket yesterday. And maths is back on TV as well. Just a debacle or two. They're already in the pipeline there. Uh, Loz, a morning to you, mate. What's doing? Uh, very little, Mido. Uh, I got... I must have slept well last night mm. because I didn't realise it rained. It was still muggy when I jumped in the car this morning and it's still quite warm outside, but I didn't realise it rained that hard. There's a bit of water on the road. So everyone out there, take it carefully uh, driving into work today. Uh, but the television shows were back on last night. I recorded maths, <laughs> so don't spoil it for me. Oh, I watched Survivor. And in between oh, the breaks, God. I was flicking to Australian Idol. So I was all over the shop last night, but I enjoyed the reality TV being back on. I think we might need a daily three-minute TV wrap from you. Well, maths tomorrow I can give you okay, yeah, a wrap. That'll be eagerly anticipated. Yeah, but Survivor, it's mm-hmm. the best out of the lot, Survivor, I reckon. It's a good show. It's a really good show. Pup, morning to you, mate. Morning, uh, buddy. Gee, I'll tell you what, uh, don't jump in the harbour at... Eight o'clock oh. at night, awful news uh, that yeah. uh, some poor young woman suffered a shark attack there at uh, Elizabeth Bay. Elizabeth Bay, I saw that. Mate. In oh, Sydney's yeah, east there, just uh, off a pier there about a quarter to eight last night. Jeez, no good. Makes makes you think twice sometimes when you go for a swim in that or sort of late evening or, you know, early, um, well, just as the, the sun's going down, that sort of period, pup. Yeah, morning, boys. Morning to our listeners. Uh, yeah, not good waking up and hearing that. Uh, Mido, um, I'm scared at the best of times, to be honest, about sharks. I don't know why. I've, I've always had this thing growing up. So, yeah, I um, I love our water in Australia. I think it's one of the greatest things about Australia, and certainly Sydney. Our harbour here is magnificent, but, yeah, very, um, very scary. And uh, I've got a few friends that are on boats all the time, and the amount of bull sharks they see in and around the harbour um, yeah, I wouldn't be swimming there at night time, but yeah, hopefully uh, everything works out. But very sad news to wake up to, that's for sure, Mido, and, and, and scary because, again, you see kids in that water every single day. Um, and it's still light. Like at that time, I think, I think they said yeah. 7.30 p.m. she was swimming and still so light. So, yeah, uh, not good. Not good at all. But, um, yeah, lots of sport, uh, lots of talk about the cricket. I saw uh, the guys, both West Indies and the Aussies, are, are getting ready now for the one day in 2020 side of the summer. Um, uh, yeah, Carl Hooper, I think, is I think he's in charge of the one day. So I listened to him speak yesterday, and um, he's coach of their one day outfit, and he's really excited about the confidence that the West Indies team will take from this test series. So, as Loz mentioned yesterday, hopefully now West Indies winning this last test match that does their confidence the world of good, and we see some really exciting one dayers and and T twenties. Yeah, I think there'll be a bit more interest in the one dayers now. I think people will tune in. Uh, I think if Australia had won that test quite easily and wrapped up the series in three days, the test matches, I I don't think there'd be much interest in this one day. But I reckon a lot of people will tune in just to see how the West Indies go, given they've just beaten Australia, see how Shamar Joseph uh, goes in the white ball form, and and just add a bit of flair 
mm. possibly to the summer, at the end of the summer. Three one-dayers, three T20s, the first of those one-dayers on Friday in Melbourne and then on Sunday they're in Sydney and then next Tuesday in Canberra, the first, well, the, they're the three one-day internationals. We're going to start to talk some footy today, fellas. In fact, we're going to start our season previews and we're going in reverse ladder order from season 2023 and, Pup, you know what oh, that means. Yeah. Guess who's up first Looks today? Like we're going first. Hopefully, we're not going first this time next year. Then, you know. I'll tell you what, aren't the vibes <laughs> superb? And you know, as we we come back for the new year, uh, one of the big stories of the off season was certainly the one that was highly anticipated as as we left at the end of last year, and that Jerome Luai, uh, that five year deal, finally signed, sealed, and delivered from season twenty twenty five onwards. Mm. But uh, the Omens with Benji are strong, aren't they? I mean, as Tigers fans, I've spoken to a couple over the course of our break, and, you know, you can tell the mood is changing at long, long last, and the yeah. optimism. I mean, every year we – I love this time of the year because we've all got hope. Everyone's on zero wins, zero losses, so the glass is always half full. But for Tigers fans, it seems, well, a bit more full than it has been for quite some time. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. From from my mates that are also Tigers fans, I think it's hope. I think we're all hoping this um, this connection between Benji and the Tigers continues to be as good as it was when he was a player. Um, he was an unbelievable player, Benji Marshall. There's no doubt about it. Um, and really uh, led that team over over a number of years, certainly to that grand final. Um, so I think everyone's hoping he can he can transform that into coaching. But yeah, I think there's some still ner- some some nerves around as well. I think everyone's unsure, and and I, and I guess that conversation that we have across all sports, being a great player doesn't make you a great coach. Um, from all reports, he's a hundred percent committed. He's dedicated. He's putting in the time. Um, and, and the boys really like him. But I think like. You know, any young coach, and we've seen it with a number of clubs, he's going to have to go through that roller coaster ride. You know, it's not going to be rainbows and butterflies for the Tigers. I think they're in for a tough year, but hopefully a tough year means, you know, middle of the table. Uh, a great year would be sneak into that eighth position, I think. But if we can if we can get off the bottom, I think that's, you know, first and foremost, the style of footy we play and, and the consistency. That, that's been our major issue over a number of years. We just... You know, we, we we go and beat some some teams, and everyone goes, "Wow!" You know, we have got the talent, or we can do it. And then we just the, the week after, we're just horrible again. So, yeah, I think it's all hope at the moment. So, fingers crossed. Um, yeah, I'd I'd love to see us have a good year. And I think everyone, all Tigers fans, they just want to see change, change in the way we play, change in the attitude, change in the commitment, because that's what's let us down, in my opinion, over the past couple of years. And Loz, your Raiders, later this morning, we're going to speak to Mick Crawley, Raiders' assistant coach there. And uh, I I think the Raiders are going to be one of the teams when we're looking at our top eights. And just because they've lost Jack Whiten, big name, of course, off the Souths, that I think the Raiders are going to be one of those teams that people slip out of their rate to accommodate someone else. And that's exactly what Ricky, I'm sure, and the team there at the Raiders will draw on. Nobody rates us. Yeah, well, I think that's been the case for a number of years. Mm. I, I remember the year they made the grand final. No one really rated them that season. Um, and it took them to get to the grand final before everyone started to say, well, they're a very good side. 
their forward pack is as good as anyone's, and they've got some of the most exciting young talent in the game. It's just a matter of how they come together quickly in the off-season. And it's not as though, um, you know, Jack was a organising 5'8". Jack was a running 5'8". So for me, that will be easier to replace than someone that has been in control of a football team for 10 years that just automatically leaves and someone else has to take over that responsibility. That's the hardest player to get in your organisation, a key position half who directs a team so well. Now, there's going to be a bit more pressure on Jamal Fogarty, but as a running 5'8", whoever gets that position, I think it's easier to fit into that system than if it was a calf that had to direct a team around the paddock. You just see how much an experienced half is worth to a team at the moment. So I don't think it's all doom and gloom. In fact, I think it's exciting, and there's great opportunities there for whoever gets the uh, position. Um, you know, you look at, um, you know, fullback, for instance. You've got uh, Xavier Savage, who got injured last year. Um, I'm interested to see how his pre-season's mm. gone, because he is an X-factor. Because the talent that he's shown um, in in a short space of time has been excellent. You know, you've got well, the Cotter, fullback jersey's up for you've, grabs. You've got Rapani, you've got young mm. Chevy Stewart, um, uh, who's a who's a by all reports a, a wonderful young player and someone that they've identified as a long term fullback. There, you know, Chris and Timiko were both centres for New Zealand. So you know, they've got some strike. They've got some strike, and their forwards, as I said are as good as anyone's. Mm. It's just a matter of how they come together and how much confidence they have to start the season. Because I think if they start the season well, I think they'll gain momentum as the season goes on. A bit like the West Tigers. I think the first six weeks is so important to them. And I think you'll see that halo effect straight away, you know, with Benji. But then it's a matter of getting into the grind, you know. But if you're winning games early, you can go through a bit of a bad patch and then come out the other side. But sometimes... (laughs) If you start bad, it can go from bad to worse. Loz, on that with the Tigers, how mu- how much impact can you know even the, the greatest of coaches have when your talent is your talent? Like uh, that's one of the things we used to talk about, you know, with captaincy and, and cricket, and people would talk about, um, you know, a, a good captain or a bad captain. You can only captain your stock, mm. and I'm sure in footy, in rugby league. Coaching's the same. Yes, you want to get the best out of your players, but your stock's your stock. And, and it's not like, you know, we've had a massive transformation and, and this season particularly we've got, you know, 10 new superstars. No, and it's going to be difficult to play finals football for the West Tigers. I think yeah. there's plenty of optimism there. And one yeah. thing that gives me hope with the Tigers, not so much for this year, but moving forward, is one, they've got Jerome Luai going there next year, but he won't help them this year. But Tim Sheens has said, and I trust him because I know what his eye is like, he said some of these kids are the best he's seen. So 25, 26, 27, I I think the Tigers will have a, a very good team and be pushing for finals then. But you don't put a ceiling on a team in the off season when you're a new coach because you're, you're unsure of what they can can achieve. But but one thing you can't be beaten on, and I'll talk a little bit more about this after six o'clock, you can't be beaten on effort. That That's where the Tigers have to win. They might be beaten on skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they might just come up against better teams. 
And it's, it's like, you know, if you come up against a, a very talented team that have high standards and, and are very big on effort-based plays, they're going to be extremely hard to beat. But you can come up against a talented team that may not have the same effort as the opponent, and that opponent will drive, you know, will finish close to the, to the, the team with the talent because they will fight for everything. And, and when you talk about driving new standards, I think that's what Benji has done, and he's drawn a line in the sand with David Nofaluma, turning up to training unfit. Well, that's not what we want to start our off-season when we've won back-to-back wooden spoons. We want people to turn up in shape, show they care about the club, and show that their you know, attitude needs to be different. And if it's not going to be different, something needs to change. So Benji's made that decision to cut him from the squad. So I think that's a good move. So he's made the right noises, but again, it just comes down to the stock they've got and how much they're prepared to dig in when times get tough. Dragons make a signing. Red V's ray of sunshine on the back page of the Daily Telegraph today. So the Dragons and Shane Flettigan, they've signed former Bulldogs captain Ray Fatala Mariner, a two-year deal. He still had two years left on his Bulldogs contract. The 30-year-old was released by the Dogs. He'd already been given permission to explore his options, and I guess you mentioned the Nofaluma situation that the, the Tigers lost. A divorce seemed best for both there uh, with the Dogs and Fatala Mariner and uh, the Dragons pick up middle forward. Yeah, well, it's always difficult to to come back from a, from a situation where you've had a disagreement with the coach and you know, they're not happy with your training standards and you're not happy with the way you think you've been treated at a club. So I think it's best that the parties come together. They've made that decision now to be uh, to move on and they've released him from the final two years of his deal. He's played 102 times for the Bulldogs, so he's an experienced player for Taylor Mariner. So the Dragons, they, you know, they're, they're off-season. They've had some players go down with injuries. They've got salary cap space. They need experienced players, so he might be a handy pickup for them. Plenty of Marnus Labashane on the back pages as well. Three fallen. Marnus safe despite worrying form slump. That's the back page of the Telegraph. Uh, he's there on the back page of the Courier Mail as well. No Labas change. He is still our main man is the headline there. Uh, batting stability order of the day. No change for top six is a headline on the back page of the Australian. So Coach Andrew McDonald spoke and insisted that they're in no mood to change the batting order, Clarkie, as we head towards a couple of tests in New Zealand coming up next month, uh, despite the eight-run defeat to the West Indies and sort of uh, you know the conversation around our batting woes. And you look at Labuschagne, so he averaged 28 this summer against Pakistan and the West Indies. Travis Head, by the way, averaged 25. Uh, and we know how good a form he was in heading into the summer, particularly after that knock in the World Cup final. Labuschagne, his average has gone from 60 to 50 in the last 13 months. But let me just reiterate, his average is 50 in Test cricket. You just answered my questions, but his average has gone from 60 to 50. Mm. If you average 50 at the, over 50 or over at the end of your career, you're one of the all-time greats of Australia. So, yes, he said he, he, our expectations are set very high based on his performances throughout his career so far. He's batting at number three, which is, you know, as tough a place as you can bat in the order. Um, And he's had a a tough 12 months. Um, But 
He's a very, very good player, and I've got no doubt he'll come good. Again, I think there's a, a tiny little um, – it's not a technical flaw. It's just something that has been happening over the past 12 months that it's um, – you know, it's coming to his game that he, he needs to go away and work on. And um, I've got no doubt he will. Uh, uh, Neil DeCosta is his batting coach and has been for a long time. And Neil coached me all through my career. Uh, so he's in great hands there. Um, Marnus is the type of bloke that wants to get better, wants to learn. He's very similar to, to Steve Smith. They always think they can get better. And they hit a million balls. So, you know... You're in great hands if you've got good people around you that know the way you play, know your game, and you're willing to grow, and you're willing to do the work. That's what I'm saying. Don't be surprised. And again, because of the pitches in New Zealand, where Australia is going next for Test Cricket, don't be surprised if Steve Smith and Marnus Labuschagne are the two leading run scorers in that series. Mm. They've, they've performed both very well in England as well in those conditions. New Zealand pitches are quite slow like England pitches. So, yeah, I think um, I don't think... I don't think any of us need to worry too much about Marnus. I think he's a wonderful player and you'll see plenty more test hundreds uh, in his statistics. Mm, it's interesting because I think they possibly need to do a bit more of a deeper dive. Just on the fact that, not, not so much about Marnus, because I, I understand that point so well. You know, averaging 60, now you're at 50. That's, that's still a remarkable average. But for me, coming into this summer, five test matches, three against Pakistan, two against West Indies, we thought it would be a fill-up for the batsmen. And we had two centuries. Two centuries. Mm. That's all we had. So I'm just wondering what what that, condition, that was from. Conditions are a, a big part of that loss as well. If, how many centuries did Pakistan and West Indies have? Yeah, but we're not expecting them to, to do anything. That That's the issue. We, we're yeah. expecting Australia in our own conditions to... Basically, flog them. We, we, we just thought they'd be turn up, win the game within three days and honky-dory. But that wasn't the case. I, so yeah, Pakistan, I, I, Pakistan attack wasn't the worst either. And, 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 well, and West Indies attack wasn't the worst. I think, I think if you look at both Pakistan... And I think I said this before a ball was bowled this summer. I think if you look at Pakistan and West Indies' strength was their bowling. They're better bowling side of things than batting side of things. And, I always, and, and, and it's always facing our bowlers in these conditions because they know them so well the success of the attack, the four, the three quicks and Nathan Lyon, the way they work together. And that's why we've been spruiking them all summer. You know, they're, they're a hard attack to come and face here in Australia. So I, I, I did expect Pakistan's bowling to be better than batting and same with West Indies. I didn't think the West Indies batters would be able to handle the Australian attack. So, yeah, it's, it's a fair call, though. You would expect more than two centuries out of our batsmen because... You know, again, you've got... We had Warner, Kawaja, first three test matches, uh, Labuschagne, Smith, even Travis Ed now. Those five are very experienced batsmen. So they should be making... They should be making hundreds. They should be able to adapt to Australian conditions. So fair call. Um, but yeah, again... Let's go back to the same conversation we have around all sport and all athletes. It's okay to drop someone, but you've got to replace him with someone. So if we're going to drop a Manus Labuschagne, for example, I know you're not saying that, but if we were going to drop a Manus Labuschagne, who's better than Manus at number three in Test cricket in Australia? There's no one even close. No, no, no. He, he holds his position. There's no doubt about that. But I just, I'd, I'd like to know whether they went in 
not underprepared, but underestimating their opponent, or whether it was just a case of maybe fatigued from the series in yeah. in, in India, yeah, fair, fair question. England, fair question. going back to in, India for the the, the one day uh, World Cup. I, I I just like to try and find out a little bit more about why that happened because I, me personally and. You know, you just mentioned the fact that you, you thought that their bowling attacks would, would certainly be their strengths. Me, as a novice, was sitting here thinking it's just going to be a fill-up for our batsmen.